0: What's going on, y'all? Welcome to Panthers Week. Welcome to Ragers. We are Orange Weekly, your best source for Broncos content. We got live shows, pre- Pre-recorded shows, pre-game shows, post-game shows, halftime shows, and of course you are chiming in to the Rager Show, where we're going to talk about sports betting, fantasy football for the Broncos game this week against the Panthers. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, y'all know him as Jared. I call him J-Rock. What's going on, J-Rock?
1: Hey, what's going on, man? How are you feeling this week?
0: Hey man, we didn't get embarrassed. Yeah, right. baby. You know, two <laughs> weeks ago and we get embarrassed and we're the punchline of every single joke in every single part of the country. Next thing you know, we got a primetime slot against Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, and his his crew, and it looked like we were competitive for the vast majority of the game. Um, we looked relevant and that was exciting, man. What would what, what'd we- you kind of think of that?
1: Uh, the fact that we even had a chance to drive down and win it at the very end before that last pick was uh, surprising to me. But uh, on more important news, if you were listening to Ragers, we came out hard good, man. Ooh, we came we out good last week.
0: We ain't screwing around, man. That moved our season total wins 27 wins, 17 losses, and three pushes on the year. So we're making money, putting money in our pocket. Again, if you're not sure how this works, we're going to tell you a little bit about our perspective, about fantasy implications, sports betting lines to take this week, man. And we're so excited to break down this game, man. Jeff, but you know what time it is, man?
1: Is it coffee 30?
0: It's coffee 30 <laughs> this morning, man. It's early in the morning on a set. Normally we do beer 30, but this – this, and, hey, man, I had so much luck last week drinking that pre-workout That man. I brought the bucked up pre-workout again. <laughs> this, man. I'm not around, man. Let's do this.
1: Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.
0: So, here's what we gotta do. We gotta look into this game, and here's the reality. Four games left on the season. Playoff hopes basically out of the question at this point in time. Our playoff chances are basically next to zero, unless we win out, but that's gonna be a really difficult chance for us. We got Drew Locke, who is sputtering down the finish line. We thought this would be the year that we would figure out if Drew Locke is the guy or not. Vic potentially coaching for his job. Pat Shermer for trying to figure out what to do to make any sort of sense of this. But this might be the only game. I think if you look at the four left that are left on the schedule that we even have a chance to win this week. So what are you what are your kind of your
1: thoughts on that, Jared? and breaking down kind of um, what's left for the quarter poll of the season? You know, I, I might be a uh, optimist here and, uh, you know, I might be overlooking it, but I disagree with that. I do think we have a chance to win out. Now, I, I don't think, uh, you know, towards the end of the, the season as we start talking about uh, playing Vegas again and, and, and those later games is going to be a little difficult. But this is definitely – I think there's two games we should win and then there's two games that we could win towards this. And this this Carolina game is our should win
0: yep and 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 we're looking at earlier in the season this is a game that we were originally favored in this was the only game that i think we were left down the stretch to be a favorite in but the line has switched a a little bit i think that's due to the lack of poor play from the broncos here kind of coming down the stretch but yeah we got carolina this week and then we get buffalo next week which is going to be a hell of a matchup and then we get the couple of division games we get chargers and raiders um Again, I think this is our probably our best shot. I'm just being honest with everybody here <laughs> to actually winning a game down this stretch as we have here coming down. So super excited to break that down. But let's take a look at last week and let's talk through a couple of takeaways, right? We have the interesting dynamic where Melvin Gordon probably has his best game as a Bronco and Phillip Lindsay looks a little bit weak, a little bit um, having a really tough time running the ball. We got the dynamics with Jerry Judy not catching a pass and all of his cryptic tweets all week long. We have Noah Fant with another just wonderful day and another chance to put some money in our pockets. Drew Locke looking questionable. What are some of the storylines from last week that have caught your attention as you think about going into this week?
1: I think you especially on the offensive side you hit you hit two of them on the defensive side the only thing I think I was going to add going into this week from last week is the injuries to our DBs yep. uh, that's obviously a big storyline going into this week but from last week I think the the Melvin Gordon Philip Lindsay they they had basically a 50-50 carry split uh, right. obviously with Melvin Gordon being the hot hand uh, he was the one that was getting open. He was the one bouncing it to the outside. I I still don't like the idea, and this goes back to the Pat Shermer questions uh, of of running a an you know eighty pound, one hundred and eighty pounds soaking wet running back up the middle against right. the best interior defensive line in the league. Right. Um. But you know that that's kind of what it came down to. I did like the fact that they. It didn't matter who was back there. There was a chance there was going to run. There was a 50-50 split this week, mm-hmm. uh, last week, and I, I think I like that. I like the idea that that – and it obviously worked out for us. It opened up a little bit more in the past game. Drew Locke with some questionable decision-making. Yep. And yep. I think that's really what – I think that's the part of the reason that, you know, Jerry Judy is sending out some cryptic tweets and might be a little bit frustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's a rookie. He's making some rookie uh, comments out there right now, and we don't want him – I don't think he's going to be a diva, but uh, hopefully that doesn't turn into anything. Uh, what, yeah. what I will say about Drew Locto is the first interception he threw right off the bat, the guy was wide open and he just took his time to throw it. He, he waited too long, waited yeah. until the guy got to the sideline. It was it was too late. If, if you rewatch the play, he, he was wide open. He made the right decision, just threw it in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this the last one, that was just a bad decision making uh, situation there.
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting to try to thinking through these dynamics, right? Jerry, Judy, um, you know, clearly largely touted as the best wide receiver coming out in this very, very, very deep wide receiver class. Yet you see all these other wide receiver, rookie wide receivers having massive years. Rubs, and Claypool, and Jefferson. Like Jefferson, right, you know, that are having these monster years. And, and you know, Judy's not having a, a bad year by any stretch of the imagination, but he's on a crappy team. Listen, listen, I love the Broncos. (laughs) Broncos are are a terrible, horrible team like the Browns franchise. But listen, we're not good this year. We're 4-8. I I mean, what else do you want me to say? Um, Our offense is 32nd in the league, worst in the league when it comes to offensive proficiency, and Drew Locke has the lowest completion percentage of any quarterback in the league. Listen, that's frustrating. I don't know what to tell you. The dude's just frustrated. And so it's really interesting. The cryptic part of it, though, coming back to our conversation last week, is how much hate we were – at least I was given Pat Shermer on the right. It seems like Judy's cryptic messages aren't actually directed towards Locke. They're directed towards the coaching staff and some of the coaching decisions that are being made. So that'll be awesome. interesting. Now, the part that I can't quite figure out as we're thinking about this is oftentimes the chit-chatter during the week gives us an indication of how the game's going to go on saturday or sunday right you know we get this information like hey we need to get this player involved or we need to do this a little bit better we need to do this what i can't figure out is does all of this make jerry judy going to be targeted more than usual because we want to just get him the ball to make sure that he's feeling like he's more involved or is the coaching staff going to try to send a message to jerry judy by getting Mm -hmm. him less involved kind of with the uh, golden tate situation in new york where they just basically suspended him for a game for saying that he's that he's not getting the ball enough like so which which route do you think this goes? Are are we going to see Judy more involved in the offense this week? Are we going to see him less involved in the offense this week?
1: I think we're going to see him more involved, and and the only reason being is he immediately deleted the tweets, and when asked about it, he kind of like shrugs it off in the media availability. I think coaches got to him. I think they were like, "Come on, man," you know. What I mean, and, and again, like I said, I think this is one of those rookie like he was frustrated after the game because it, it that tweet got sent out probably less than an hour after the game. He was must have still right. in the locker room when he sent that out. So I do think uh, to your point that he does get uh, targeted a few more times, try to get the ball into his hands uh, going into this Carolina game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And then, and then let's, let's go to the running back room again. You know, the criticism, you know, I've always had a Philip Lindsay, the dude's got breakaway speed, no doubt, but when he gets touched, he's going down. I mean, that's my biggest criticism of Philip Lindsay. He's just a little guy. But the first, he, he ne- I've never, I can't even recall a time where I've seen him break some some tackles. I mean, he's just not that he's right. just not that kind of runner. He's going to get touched and he's going to go down. But if he hits the hole and he's got a little bit of wiggle room, God, I mean, the Duke could take it for 30 at any point in time. So um, with Gordon averaging nine yards a pop, having his most massive game of the year, do you see the running back splits changing this week from 50-50 or is it going to be more Gordon, more
1: Lindsey, or, or stay the same? I, th- I think it's going to stay th- – and I- by say I think, I hope it stays the yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. I-, I think what they saw they saw against Kansas City, against a pretty decent run defense, uh, was a pretty good 50-50 carry split. Obviously, one ended up having a lot hotter of a day than the other, which is fine, and that's kind of how this – You know, thunder and lightning type of running back situation works. We kind of have a lightning, lightning situation. But that's kind of how this is supposed to work. Give them the 50-50 split. One of them is bound to have, you know, a day. If not combined, they have 125 yards on the day. Then that's fine. That's perfectly fine by me. And for this one, it's going to work out well. I think that their defensive line is very beat up. Uh, Mm -hmm. We talked and talk about it now uh, they have a lot of people on the COVID list right now yep, yep. and a lot of them are on that defensive line that I think there's two defensive linemen and a linebacker that are out um, and I think that interior that zone run is going to work out well for us I think the worst person I'm worried about on their defense is going to be lined up against uh, Garrett Bowles anyway and it's going to be uh, Brian Burns and the hazel an edge rusher so he's not even gonna he's gonna be on the outside I think our zone run is gonna work out very well today I think we're gonna stay with a 50-50 split
0: yeah, interesting. So let's let's fast forward then to this week, and you kind of alluded to a couple things, but give us a quick update, Jared, on a, on a few things. We know that our secondary is banged up, or we're going to be missing our our cornerback one, two, and our slot corner this week. So a lot of OJ Moutier this week, and hopefully we'll see a, a solid game from him this week. And then we hear a lot of Panthers on the COVID list. This is part of the reason why we don't have a lot of lines right now. I think that the league is really investigating whether or not they're going to push this game in some regards, because I think even players were added to the COVID list yesterday. So Yes. If there's any Panthers that are going to see a positive case today, I bet we're going to see the game pushed. But um with your kind of sense on some of those things, give us a quick update of what we have going on.
1: Okay, so just uh real quick what I have right now, linebacker Shaq Thompson Uh, defensive, the rookie defense tackle, Derek Brown, who's been playing very well this year, both added to the COVID list. Uh, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, both on that as well. Both the two of their, uh, big wide receivers, obviously Roby Anderson's going to be active. He's going to be an issue for us. Uh, and then their defensive tackle. We all know him. We all love him. Zach Kerr is -hmm. going to be, uh, out for this game too. So on their defensive side, they're, they're rough, but on our defensive side, we're rough too. Again, like you said, we're out, uh, our, our, all three starting. We have, we're, uh, you know, Boyé Boy is out. Uh, Callahan's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bassie's out. That's right. those are our top three. I mean, Ojiamuia is probably in between there with Bassie. So those are our big guys. But what we do have is we have Will Parks coming back. Sure. Uh, last year he played for us in the slot uh, that you know where where we have Callahan now. So that will be a good comeback for him. Uh, and we still have Justin Simmons and we still have um, Kareem Jackson back there. So I'm not too worried about that situation, especially when you know they have one. You know their top. Wide receiver, but everybody else is gone, and then we kind of have all of our defense. It, it, I think it kind of balances out in that aspect. Sure. Uh, but going into this game between the COVID list and the injuries, I mean, the, like you said at the beginning of the week, at the beginning of the year, this is one of the games we were winning down the road. But nobody could have expected the situation that's going to happen right. on Sunday.
0: And, and probably most notably on the offensive side, right? It looks like um Christian McCaffrey. You know, maybe right. his his rendezvous back into Denver, and you know how much we love Eddie Mac in this country, but. Um, it looks like he's going to be doubtful. He's He's been downgraded to doubtful, which tells us basically that he's not playing.
1: Yeah, he, had, he had re-aggravated an injury during practice this week. So it wasn't the same injury that he was going, that he was right. already out with. He aggravated something different and it looks like they're just going to let him rest up.
0: Yeah. And here's the part that I can't figure out, okay? We got two four and 4-8 teams two banged up four and eight teams and two basically dumpster fire four and eight teams that are going to be (laughs) going against one another. Does this mean that we are going to end up in one of these kind of fun shootout type of games where, you know, it's the, it's the jets and Raiders. And next thing you know, it's a, it's down to the wire and it's a hail Mary, but it's a 30 each team scoring 30 points in the game. Or is this one of those old school dumpster fire 13 and seven type of football games that we just like. W- w- what are you expecting? Scoring or no scoring, or what the hell is going to happen I, on Sunday?
1: I have no idea. I wish I did, but I I want it to be a high scoring. I want our offenses. I want our offense to get things going. And I think the only mm-hmm. thing that we have going for us right now is our offense. Our offense on on Broncos country yep. is is still intact. Like we sure. have our offense is still strong. We I mean from what we saw against Kansas City, and you know week in week out, we see glimpses of what could be i'd like to see us all get it together but i've been saying that for the last uh, eight nine games now and i don't think i've been right once so right.
0: <laughs> and it's it's interesting what what i can't figure out is which drew lock are we gonna get are we gonna get the drew lock against the chargers who somehow pulls three touchdowns in the second half and in a twenty one point fourth quarter to, to come alive and, and, and make himself look like he's got the, the ability to be our long-term quarterback? Or do we get a Drew Locke, um, even though we won the game, that sputters down the New England game and throws two picks, really bad picks down the stretch, and looks like at times that he can't even move the freaking ball down the field. Um, it's really, really interesting. When we, when we think about the breakdown, though, the, the Panthers aren't very good on on basically any side of the ball. They're not very good on offense. They're not very good on defense, um, and they're just basically a 4-8 and eight team because they're just basically bottom half of the league in both of those categories. Broncos are 4-8 because we have one of the worst, if not the worst, offenses in the NFL, and we have one of the top five defenses in the NFL. So it's an interesting thing. One thing I definitely know, though, for sure, is the only thing that matters on the road, the only thing that travels on the road is defense. And I, 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 that's one of the things I really like the Broncos this week because – even though we're down a couple cornerbacks, I think the, the the Carolina Panthers offense is equally as banged up as our defense. And our defense is still rated in the top five in the NFL when it comes to some of these things. We give up a lot, a lot of points. But um, that's, I think, oftentimes due to the inept ability of our offense. It's not really on the defense. It's really the offense that's putting our defense in really sus- um,
1: suspect positions. So, all right, let's flip over to the game. Let's start to project the game. Oh, go ahead, Jared. What you got? I just, I just on that point, we are the number one defense in the red zone. Yeah. At, we are the number one the Denver Broncos with the number one defense in the red zone in the NFL. And that says something. And you saw it last week against I mean, I mean, Casey could not put it in the end zone. We, we held them to so many field goals that they were doing so good right. once it got down the stretch. And I think that shows that defense is really, really stepping up this year. Now we, we just got to put things together on offense to make yeah. us a half decent team.
0: I I totally agree. So let's take a look at the kind of our, our position matchups like we go through each and every week. And to me, it looks like their defense is Swiss cheese. I mean, it looks like anybody and everybody can score each and every week. They are bottom half of the of the league when it comes to giving up fantasy points to wide receivers. They are bottom five when it comes to fantasy points given up to tight ends. They are bottom five when it comes to giving up fantasy points to running backs. It looks like basically, if you want to score, you can score against their team. Maybe the um, the exception. Oh, I guess look quarterbacks bottom five. So they, you know, they're in the bottom half of the league in basically every statistical category. If you were to say which group has the best chance this week, let's do it this way since we know it. I think all the groups are going to have success this week. Who do you like the best? Is it our running backs against their cornerbacks? Is it our – or I'm sorry, our running backs against our linebackers? Our receivers against their cornerbacks? Is it our tight ends against their sort of secondary and and, and linebacker crew? What Where is our strength against – what's their biggest weakness?
1: So statistically, I'm going to go back to wide receiver versus corner. Their cornerbacks are not not playing well this year. Uh, they probably one of the lowest. Troy Pride is one of their cornerbacks. Uh, their starting quarterbacks. He's playing one of the worst seasons in the NFL. Uh, Rasul Douglas is on the other side against Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy. That is a matchup made in heaven for the Denver Broncos. Now, what it comes down to is whether or not we could deliver that ball. Uh, if Drew Locke can get that ball out of there. Plus, like we said, their defensive line is Swiss cheese. So it gives, it gives Lloyd Cushenberry a good comeback game. After the 11 games, he hasn't had very well uh, this season. So uh, the only person that really on that defensive line that's really good, like I said, Garrett Bowles is going to have his hands full, but he's been playing lights out this year. Uh, So I think I think that's really the only issue that we have. If if Drew Locke can deliver the ball to the wide receivers, the wide receivers have the biggest advantage in this game.
0: Yeah, so so when we think about projecting this upcoming week and we think about how we're going to make some money this week. Uh, again, many of the lines are not out right now cuz I think they're waiting to see what happens with the COVID protocols. We got to make predictions on who's going to get the ball, who's going to get the touches and some of those things. For whatever reason, and I'm going to throw out I'm going to throw out a line here. The Broncos just really want to get KJ Hamler involved. I I I think they really think that this guy has got the the you know the the wear you know the little speedy feet. He's got those things. I think they've gotten burned by Tyree Kill enough that they're just thinking to themselves. So here's our KJ Hamler. We'll raise you a KJ Hamler. Interesting thing. Let's go to last week here. Of all of the wide receivers, do you know who had the most targets and who had the most touches? KJ KJ Hamler. Hamler. It's such an interesting thing that we're seeing here. It's a little bit of a trend. Of of course, you know, Noah Fant ended up with seven targets. I love Noah Fant. Listen, if Noah Fant's anywhere below 50 yards this week when the line hits, just freaking take Noah Fant. Uh, I don't know why Vegas can't get this right. Noah Fant is a 65-plus yard... Wide receiver or tight end every single week. Just go with that. But if we look at the touches, KJ Hamler, five targets. KJ Hamler, three carries. You know, they just want to get that guy involved. If we compare those touch, the, the targets, Tim Patrick, four targets, four catches. We'll get back to that stat. Jared shared a stat with us this week. That's that really one. amazing about Tim Patrick. And then Jerry Judy, four targets, one catch. So, regardless, I think what we're starting to see is KJ Hamler is getting more and more involved in this offense. And K.J. Hamler's line has been sitting and hovering right around the 20 to 30 yard mark each and every single week. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take K.J. Hamler this week. I think that the Broncos, we know that their cornerbacks are suspect. You know, Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy garner a lot of attention because clearly there are one and our two. But the Broncos want to get K.J. Hamler the ball. They just that they just do fundamentally, and I don't know why. It seems like Drew Locke has got a little bit of a connection with K.J. Hamler. We're going to take K.J. Hamler this week. I, I don't care where the line really falls unless it falls in the 40s. We're going to take and hammer K.J. Hamler. I think that, that is a great line for us because we're just seeing his, his share of the offense is increasing every single week, and the Broncos are doing whatever they can to get the ball in his flipping hand. So I love K.J. Hamler. I love Noah Fant. We love Noah Fant each and every week. The question is, is who has a bigger day, Tim Patrick or Jerry Judy? We got Tim Patrick and Jared. I I hope you'll share some of the stats that you found for us this week. And then we have Jerry Judy, who's basically, you know, kind of got his, you know, garnered a lot of negative attention through some of his frustrations this week. What do you think about the next two? Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, what kind of days do they have? Who gets more targets? Who gets more catches? Break it down for us.
1: I think it goes back to the question you asked at the very beginning. Uh, do we try to target Jerry Judy, get the ball in his hands to make him happy or to kind of switch it up a little bit? Uh, obviously, Tim Patrick is the more reliable one. And the stat that I was sharing with everybody, and I, I tweeted this a couple of days ago, um, of all the wide receivers in the NFL with over 50 targets, Tim Patrick is one of five who don't have a single drop. Right not one drop he's t- like you said last week targeted four times caught four balls like yep. he does not have a single drop he's been overthrown a couple times but if it's if it's a catchable ball he has gotten it and i think that i think that shows and i think that's why we're seeing him get so many more targets uh because when he does get the ball in his hands Uh, or when the ball is is near his hands, it's in his hands. So, (laughs) uh, obviously I, I I don't think Jerry, uh, Jerry Judy had a couple issues at the very beginning of the season. Not, not so much towards the end of the season. I don't think that's something that people, people have been bringing it up. I don't think it's something that should be brought up. I think he just needs to get the targets. Um, what I do want to say though is I th- I think what what you said is right. The KJ Hamler and, and Noah Fant getting the ball. It's because it's it's the quick throws that we're trying to get Drew Locke mm-hmm. into those those quick throws because those slot receivers, the tight ends, they're the quick guys going on the quick outs or the you know the end arounds. We're trying to get the ball into their hands uh, to not get Drew Locke running around uh, like a, a chicken with his head cut off. And then sure. the the other two, Tim Patrick and and um, what we see from. Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy, a lot of times are just deep balls. Like they're just nine routes up the, up the middle or up the, up the sidelines to try to get something happening. Um, so it's, it's difficult. It's a weird, it's a weird way that we have our offense set up right now.
0: Totally. And, 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 you know, they could catch and pop it at any moment. Right. You know I mean? I think Jerry Judy probably has the play of the year for the Broncos on the most catch, you know, early in the season. Um, So yeah, it's, it's super interesting. I am going to kind of, I'm going to, we're going to monitor the Patrick, Jerry, Judy situation. Um, This could be an interesting week when we target some of their completions um, versus their yards, just because we don't quite have a sense. I think Tim Patrick, if he's, he's been hovering at either 2.5 or 3.5 completions on the year, he, he, the ball gets thrown to him. He catches it. You know, I think he's so much more reliable in the completion category. Uh, uh, Jerry Judy, a little bit more boom and bust on on some of his weeks. Uh, you know, easily seeing eighty yards, but we go, go down to twenty. I'll monitor the Jerry Judy situation again. If you want to go to OW Ragers on Twitter, you can follow us there. We're gonna give you some good stuff there because sometimes what ends up happening is we see a market correction. Jerry, Judy, you know, last week, I think he was projected to be 54 yards receiving. He gets one catch for five yards. We might see a massive correction this week, and he might be sitting at 38 yards, you know, this week. And if he is, then there's some tremendous value at that point in time when we see that there. All right. Let's talk about the projections of the game. Yes. We got the offense. Um, I am – let me just give you a little bit of my framework. And, uh, Jared, correct me if my – you know, tell me where you think my logic is. I am – going in with the the notion that I don't think Vic is coaching for his job, but I think Pat Shermer might be coaching for his job. I I, I think Drew Locke, what he's playing for right now, is whether or not we're going after Matt Stafford or Carson Wentz in the offseason. That's what Drew Locke is playing for right now. I am going to guess that we are going to see a very, very um, urgent sense from the offensive side early on in this game. In fact, here's a, here's a bet that I like Broncos first play pass play. I, 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 you know, the Broncos up to this point in time in the year have run the ball more on first down than any other team in the NFL. But I think that we're just going to see a sense of urgency. I, I like Broncos first play. It's going to be a pass play. I think that they're going to do what they can as soon as they can out of the gates to get things going. I think they're going to try to, kind of have a replication of the second half of the Chargers game where they're going to try to score 20 points in the first half and they are going to get the ball moving because they have to I mean literally they have to because I think some folks at this point in time in their in the year are 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 playing for their jobs and they're playing for some job security down the road. Drew Locke is going to be a Bronco next year there's no questions about that the question is is who's going to be the other quarterback on the roster and I think the way that Drew Lock plays for the next four games is going to dictate whether or not that other quarterback is Matt Stafford type or that other quarterback is uh, kind of a journeyman, maybe a Ryan Fitzpatrick type that is on the ro- – either way, we're going to have a veteran quarterback on the roster next year. I can, I can guarantee you that based on everything that happened this year. Um, Blake Bortles, Bortles is kind of a – he's kind of his own little
1: thing. Um, <laughs> he's a journeyman.
0: So with that being a backdrop, with the sense of urgency on the Broncos side of the ball – I I, I like two things this week. I like the Broncos. I like the Broncos at plus three. I think that there's some value there. I also like the over in this game. And one of the things I'm going to be monitoring is the Bronco team total. I think the Broncos are going to score 24 to 31 points this week. I think that they're going to try to put it on this week because they have to. Here's the other thing. If they don't, and, and we score seven points this week, you know what? I'm going to be the first one on the hashtag fire Pat Shermer train. And I'm going to be the first one on that hashtag, you know, bring in Matt Stafford or whomever did you know, to bring some serious competition into for Drew Locke. I mean, that that's just where I'm going to be. But I think they can answer a lot of questions this week. We also see the Carolina Panthers, again, just a mediocre but you know they're going to be banged up they're going to be the ones that are going to be having to play with third stringers and fourth stringers and guys off the practice squad and guys that were selling um in a sales job a week ago or doing something like that that's what they're going to be this week i think the i think the broncos have a serious shot to win this week um what are your what's your kind of analysis on that and and what do you think what do you think about the kind of the thought process of pat coaching for his job and drew lock coaching for his just chance to be the guy or to be in a quarterback competition next year
1: I, you, you hit that spot on. I, I think the frustration in the locker room, the frustration in the coach's office is all that. It's, it's that what what's going on with our offense. We have the talent. We have the pieces. Why is it not coming together and what's going on? Like, you know, we, we said no moral victories af- after Kansas City. And I think that moral victory was Drew Locke could have won the game for us and he didn't. Sure. Mm-hmm. And and I think I think he's going to come back, and he's he has a lot more to prove. I honestly think Drew Locke has a lot more to prove than Pat Shermer. I do think Pat Shermer's. If you go back on some of the tape, uh, it, a lot of the play calls are there. It's the decision making that's not. Right. Uh, obviously, he's not. It he does not have a clean slate. We've talked about this in depth on the right. last episode, but I think Drew Lock's going to come out, and he's going to come out gunslinging. He's going to come out throwing, and he's going to come out trying to make things happen. I see another two-interception day for him, but I also sp- possibly see over 240 yards for him as well. Sure. And like you said, uh, this might be one of those games that we don't like to see where he throws for more than 30 times, like 35, sure. 40 times. Uh, but that's what it's going to do. He's going to try to make something happen. He's going to try to make the big plays um, just to prove himself. He's He's got to come out and prove yeah, himself. It, it-
0: to be honest, he has to. I mean, I, I think he's got to at this point in time in his career. Um, it's interesting because if, if the Broncos let's just let's just play it out. Let's say the Broncos in the year four and twelve, or let's say the Broncos in the year at five and eleven, somebody's getting fired. Somebody has to yes. get fired. That's not how the this world doesn't work in the way that there's just complete, you know, we'll just be complacent with what we have going on. That's happening. We have to point the finger at somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe Ellis and John Elway, I, I'm imagining aren't going anywhere. If John Elway gets fired or he gets uh, asked, asked to be taken a, a a demotion or something of that nature or something kind of <laughs> odd happens where he just maybe takes on a different role in the, yeah. in the deal, then I think Vic's gone. I mean, we're not going to see a GM and, and sort of the president of operations and leave in a head coach stay. So, I mean, that's right. an interesting dynamic. So assuming Ellis, John Elway and, are, are staying, Vic staying, I'm just curious who gets fired. Um, on on the back end of all of that. Let me give you a, a quick thing here. So the Broncos are sitting at point at plus 3 right now. Um plus 3 is an interesting line. So that means if a field goal is what they're saying and if they're if the Broncos lose by 3 then you don't win your bet, right? You would you would essentially push your bet and you would not get paid on that bet. So one of the things you can do on most sports betting sites is you can buy points. And so This is a situation, whenever I'm looking at a team that I really like at plus three, I tend to like to buy the half a point. So you go on there, um, you can pay a little bit of extra juice. I think it moves the juice from minus 110 to minus 120, but I'm gonna get the line. I'm gonna buy the line at plus 0.5. I'm gonna get it at plus 3.5. That's where I really like the Broncos this week. Let me give you another kind of good sports betting strategy. If you like an underdog, what I would recommend that you do is that you take about 10% of your bet and you bet the underdog to win the game. I think that there's there's some great strategies there when you're thinking about this. I really like the Broncos at plus 3.5. Let's say I'm going to lay $100 on the Broncos to cover that plus 3.5. Just put 10 or 15 bucks on them to win the game as well. It's a nice way that oftentimes if you do think you've identified a good line that you'll get paid out. I think the Broncos to win are like plus 180. So you would sort of get a little bit of extra dollars there. Um, a lot of folks, there's a lot of great evidence that say if you like an underdog, go ahead and sprinkle a 10% of your wager on the actual money line. Um, if you had something that you would like. So that's something I'm looking at this week, man. I think the Broncos cover the three. I think they would outright, in my opinion, because again, I think some guys are coaching for the job. I think the Carolina Panthers are depleted, they're gonna kind of chalk it up to the COVID, you know what, um, and go from there. So uh, over under is kind of interesting. 45 points. Again, I think the Broncos score 25 to 27. The question is, do the Carolina Panthers score enough points to make it competitive? I, I don't know. This is a great teaser line for me. I'm going to tease that sucker down to 39. I like it at 39. I think there's going to be 39 points scored in the game. Cause I think the Broncos are going to get 30 of them. So, um, that's where I'm at this week. So let's recap real quick. We got two crummy teams that <laughs> are, are depleted on opposite sides of the ball the Carolina Panthers, largely a Swiss cheese type of a team. They have, you know, I think the Broncos are going to be able to move the ball and then we're going to look pretty good at, at times. We love KJ Hamler this week. I think that that is our best bet this week because his share keeps continuing to increase and increase each and every single week. We're going to keep an eye on Noah Fant. If he's undervalued again by the betting public, we're going to hammer him again by the by our lines here. We're going to keep our eyes out on the wide receiver crew. I don't know about the the running backs quite yet. Jared and I both think that we're going to still see that 50-50 split. And we love the Broncos this week. So I will tweet out a recap on OW Ragers once we finally get some um, things rocking and rolling. But that's where we like KJ. We like Fance. And we like the Broncos this week. Jared, anything else you want to add or anything I forgot there?
1: Nope, that was perfect if you uh, go follow... Uh, Ow ragers on twitter obviously days like these where we don't have lines that's where uh, ray puts out all of his lines and that's where he gets his his stats from his awesome stats for the year um and like we 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 hit last week i think we're gonna hit this week i think this is a good week for the denver broncos um i i just i like it Uh, this is probably the first time i felt a little bit confident uh going into a game uh as a as a broncos fan so so that's what we got going uh, and make sure you guys are following us, subscribing, tell your friends, all that jazz,
0: all that good stuff. Again, we are orange weekly. We are all about fans, brews and Broncos news. Um, we do this cause we love to do it. We love to talk Broncos, but it seems like y'all like to hear us talk about it. So we appreciate y'all <laughs> um, hit that like button, subscribe button again. If this show isn't your flavor, that's cool, man. We're cool with that. But orange weekly has so many different shows for you. There's a coaching tape breakdown, There is a, uh, uh, the, the good, the bad, the ugly. There is a Tuesday recap. There's a halftime show. If there's a night of the week that you want to get some Broncos content or there's a way you want to get your Broncos content, we are the source for you. Hit that like button, subscribe button, hit that share button. Throw us a thumbs up heart emoji. You know how to do it. Um, and again, my name is Ray. This is the Ray jurors show. I think the Broncos have a legitimate chance to win this week. I think Again, I think Pat's coaching for his job, in my opinion, and I think that Drew Locke is is coaching for his chance to be the or playing for his chance to be the guy. Um, this next four games has become quite interesting
1: for us and Broncos country. J Rock, man, anything for the good of the order? No, I think we just gotta gotta sign this one off and uh, go with a go Broncos. Hey,
0: go Broncos, y'all! Have a good week, go Broncos. <laughs> Weekly. Fans, Brews, and Broncos News.